Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike, and I'm just so glad we can be together in this way today. Um, I'm here in my home, in one of the upstairs rooms of my house, with my Bible open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 7, where it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It is the Holy Spirit in the church that is God's only plan for transforming the world. It is the Holy Spirit who can transform people, marriages, families, churches, villages, cities, and nations. God is challenging us to frame our reality using the lens of God's Word. It's God's Word that reveals to us the truth about who I am, who we are corporately as the church, our mission, our call. I've often said that there's nothing on earth with greater potential than the church. But that potential doesn't lie in our identity or our mission. We aren't uniquely qualified as a group of people to transform anything any more than the people of Israel were were qualified to be God's chosen people. The potential lies in the sole fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us. We possess a treasure encased in jars of clay, these bodies, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us, it says. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus told his followers, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is the source of the power? The Holy Spirit. What is the purpose of the power? To be my witnesses, Jesus said. And where is the power deposited? In these jars of clay. Now this choice of words, that phrase, jars of clay, it's not by accident. It takes us back again to the story of Gideon in Judges chapters 6 through 8 that has really given us an amazing picture of this biblical paradigm. My former pastor, John Corson, would always say that for every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament picture. Gideon's story forms a beautiful picture. In Judges, after God had appeared to Gideon and called him a mighty warrior and revealed the mission to to defeat the Midianites, God then set out to show Gideon by what power this mission would be accomplished. So Gideon recruited a fighting force of 32,000 men. And God said, that's too many. Now send anyone home who trembles with fear. And 22,000 men went home. And God said, that's still too many. So then he whittled it down from 10,000 to 300. Now at this point, God revealed the strategy to Gideon. Notice that the mission and the strategy are two different things. We often get married to our strategies. We, We think mission has to look a certain way. God, however, gives 
unique and often creative strategies to accomplish his mission in different places according to his unique ability to see and know everything about that specific situation. So the strategy God gave Gideon was unique, and yet it gives us a picture of the one common principle that unifies any strategy through which God accomplishes his mission through us. He told Gideon to gather jars of clay and torches and then to surround the Midianite camp. They were to place their lit torches inside the jars of clay. And you can already see this picture forming, the torches of fire picturing the Holy Spirit contained in these earthen vessels, these jars of clay. On Gideon's signal, they were to sound trumpets and cry out, For the Lord and for Gideon! and smash the jars and reveal the flame. So when they did this, the Midianites panicked and they turned on one another and the rest fled only to be chased down and killed. God said that he did this to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us, that the victory would be his and his alone. So 2 Corinthians 4, 7 but we have this treasure in jars of clay, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, in our earthly, earthly bodies, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The Holy Spirit of God lives in us. I can't say that enough. It's such an amazing thing. He is concealed in these jars of clay, but to experience the kind of victory that we see in this story requires brokenness. It's when the vessel is broken that the light of the Spirit is revealed and released and victory is experienced. It's God's choice to use a cracked pot to achieve his ends. This is a mystery, and yet it's true that without God, we can't. But without us, he won't. It's not about what we can do for God, but it's about Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul was one of the most fruitful ministers of the gospel in history. Paul wrote to the Philippians, if anybody has reason to put confidence in the flesh, it's me. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was educated by the leading rabbi in Israel, blameless in the law, zealous for God. And to the Corinthians, he would boast of all that he had suffered for the sake of the gospel. But he finally said that if I will boast about anything, I will boast about my weakness. And he takes them back to a moment when he was lowered down a wall in a basket to escape being killed by those who were pursuing him. There was something about that moment that Paul remembered as a turning point, a point of brokenness. He would spend nearly a decade in the wilderness after that, in obscurity, being taught by God. And when Barnabas, finally, after all those years, went after him and found him and brought him back to Antioch, it began a whole new chapter in Paul's life where there was power and fruitfulness like he had never experienced before. He learned 
that God's power is made perfect in weakness. He would tell the Corinthians there in 2 Corinthians 12, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And this we know. There's no power except by the Spirit. And there is no victory without brokenness. Let's start there today as we spend time in God's presence, broken, humble, praying, Lord, come fill me with your power that I might be your witness and fulfill the call that you have on my life. Amen.